our reading this morning. And we are going to read from the book of Acts, and then Kevin is going to come back and share the Lord's word with us this morning. So we're in the book of Acts, and we're looking at chapter 17, verses 16 to 27. We're going to read from that just now. And just to say that this chapter 17, this is set in part of Paul's second missionary journey. And this is when Paul, as it says, is in Athens. So let's read the Lord's word now. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, the them being Silas and Timothy, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we would like to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. So, you are ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands, as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives, life, gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. And thanks to the Lord for his word to us this morning. Kevin. There we go. Um, if you can keep um, Acts 17 open, um, that will be great. Um, before we look at God's word, um, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word is living and it is active. As Nick has already reminded us, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And so we pray now, Heavenly Father, that as we sit under your word, that your word may do surgery on us, that it won't just go over our heads, but it will impact our hearts and that we'll be changed as the Holy Spirit works in us and through us this morning, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. No Irish, no blacks, 
and no dogs. I'll repeat that again. No Irish, no blacks, and no dogs. Seems completely alien to us, doesn't it, that that sign would be in a bed and breakfast window in a, following the influx of World War II, the immigration that happened after World War II. That notice, written and stuck in a window, does not say, welcome to England. But friends, still people come to our shores. They might not be called by the empire anymore, but they come to make London, they come to make Staines their home. Some will go to desperate lengths to get here. None of us can be unaffected, can we, when we hear again of reports of men and women, of boys and girls, making that treacherous journey across the channel. And for, sadly, so many not making it to our shores. I don't know if you're a Eurovision fan, but obviously Eurovision wasn't in Ukraine last night. It was in Liverpool. But again, Ukrainians have come to the UK, come to our shores to find relative safety from their war-torn countries. And how are we to view... How are we to view these new arrivals, not just over in our shores, but in our communities, our workplaces, in the schools that your children will be attending? This isn't a political statement in any way, shape or form, but we do need to be honest that an open door policy isn't always the answer. We've got limited resources, limited space, limited homes, limited schools, Waiting list in the NHS long enough already. But I also want to say is that we shouldn't go to the other end of the extreme, like I might hear on the estate in Vauxhall, which is close the borders, don't let them in, we don't want your kind here. Friends, I want to say that the Bible gives us a much more godly way to view the nations and the individuals that he has brought to London, to Staines, to the mission field, friends, that is on your doorstep. But I also want to acknowledge, and I'm assuming it's not just me, that it's easier to spend time with people that are like ourselves. I am most at home, this is where I lose most of the audience, okay? I am most at home when I'm standing on the terraces at Millwall screaming, come on, you lions. That is just what I know. I'm surrounded with people that are like me and we have a common interest. I struggle with any other language apart from English. I, I, I can't be bothered to put the effort in to, to, to learn Spanish, to reach the massive Spanish community in Vauxhall. I find it easier to spend time with people that are just like me. But wonderfully, in God's words, that challenges me 
And Acts 17 gives us some wonderful godly gospel glasses that helps us to see how we view those that are different from us, those from different cultures, different classes, from different life experiences from us. So let's look at Acts 17, okay? And let's just see what Paul's been up to before he arrives in Athens. Because if we had to describe Paul's missionary journeys, his, yeah, his first, always second, always third, they were like roller coaster rides. It's caused a riot in Thessalonica as he has shared the gospel. A mob has followed him to Berea. And as he left there in a hurry, he has eventually led to Athens. Now, Athens was a, a once major player of a city. It's now sort of lost in the limelight to places like Rome and Corinth. But it is a melting pot of culture and philosophical thought. Sounds an awful lot like London. Some estimates there are 250 different languages spoken in our capital city. And I struggle with just one of them. But what does Paul do when he arrives in this foreign city, in a place that he's never been to before? Well, he doesn't think, well, I've had a, I've had a rough couple of weeks sharing the gospel. I'm going to put my feet up and find a nice B&B somewhere. No, he's straight to the synagogue. And who does he meet in the synagogue? He meets Jews and God-fearing Greeks. But then in the marketplaces, he meets his Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. Verse 21, we learn there's Athenians and foreigners that are living in this city. Athens is a diverse place, much like our city. But amidst this diversity, there are a number of things that unite these people. And the first one is they've never heard the gospel. They've never heard the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, they were very religious, but they hadn't been transformed yet from a religious bunch to people that were then in a relationship with God. Sounds very similar to London. Sounds very similar to Staines, in all honesty. Census data... You can shoot the government for this, not me. The, the, the census data says um, majority is, uh, would still profess to have a Christian faith in Staines. But after that, your next sort of religious sort of affiliation would be atheist or agnostic. Lots of people that have never heard the gospel. We estimate one in five people living in London do not have a Christian friend. So people in Athens, 2,000 years ago, people in London, there's massive similarities. They haven't heard the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's diversity, but there's unity in that fact. Next thing that unites them, this diverse group of people, and if you go away with, with, with remembering um, a, a number of things, I want you to go away thinking of M&Ms this morning, okay? All right? Because there's three M's in this sermon, okay? So that makes it a good sermon because they all have the same letter, okay? And the first M that unites these people is that God makes them. So just look there at verse 26. 
From one man, he made all the nations. In Athens, there would have been many things outwardly that you could have differentiated which, which culture, which group of people that they came from. Jews and God-fearing Greeks certainly wouldn't have been sort of worshipping at idols or at temples to, to, and altars to unknown gods. The diets would have been different. The way that they dressed would have been different. The languages that they spoke, their skin colour would have all been different. But this diverse group of people have their roots in the goodness of a creator God whose plan from creation was to fill the earth and subdue it. From one man he made all the nations. If those people in Athens that Paul was speaking to logged on to ancestry.co.uk, they did their DNA tests, all the results would lead back to Adam and Eve in the garden. And diversity, friends, in creation is something to be praised. We see it as a barrier between people, but that's not how God sees it. Genesis chapter 1, there's a repeated phrase in Genesis chapter 1, made according to their kinds. Different kinds of trees, different kinds of birds, different kinds of fish, different kinds of animals. Friends, God creates with diversity in mind. Think back to that notice that we started with in that bed and breakfast window. No Irish, no blacks, no dogs. How twisted an idea that we can look down on someone else from a different country, a different culture, a different class, when ultimately we all share the same heritage. From one man, he created all nations. How inhumane we can be as sinful men and women to compare an image bearer of God with a four-legged creature. Now I'm reasonably confident that we wouldn't see a notice like that in a window nowadays. Your church website is a welcoming website. It longs for people to come in and, sh- and hear and experience the difference that Christ has made in your life and the difference that Christ can make in their lives. But again, we need to acknowledge that sometimes it's easier to gravitate to people that are just like us. And we do need to acknowledge that in the past the church hasn't been great at this either. I want to tell you a story about a, a gentleman called Lance. Lance came over in the Windrush generation. I knew him, um, yeah, he lived on an estate in Battersea I was working on. Um, and the first Sunday morning, him and his mum and his siblings, um, yeah, they, they were the first Sunday here in the UK, what were they going to do? Well, the same that they'd done every other Sunday back in Jamaica, they were going to go to church. And they went along to church, and as they walked up, they were greeted at the door, but not with a warm welcome not with a cup of coffee. They were greeted by a member of the church that says, you're not welcome here. Go away, we don't want you. And that has shaped Lance's view of not just the church, but of Christianity for the rest of his life. So friends, my call to you is then, what might it mean for you as an individual? 
as a church family to think what it will be like to be reaching out to people in your community that are not like you. I don't know if you realise, but in Staines, your Hindu population is four times the national average. Four times the national average. Make up nearly almost 10% of the local community. But maybe a community that have never heard the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. What might that mean for you brothers and sisters to be sharing the gospel with Hindu friends and neighbours? Now again, we need, to, we, we, we need to remember that certain areas of London are more diverse than others. Okay? You don't, that's why I'm such a passionate fan of local church, because I think local churches should, um, in one sense, sort of reflect your local communities. So you don't have to sort of yeah, get annoyed with yourself that, well, I'm not as diverse as a, as a church in East London, or, or we don't have all the Spanish speakers that they have in Vauxhall. That's not the people that God has brought to you, friends. But what might it look like to be thinking, who are these people in our communities that maybe aren't like me, but I have the wonderful responsibility and the privilege to share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. God made each and every one of them. God made each and every one of you, which gives you amazing worth and them amazing worth as well. So God made them. Second M, God has moved them. Let me read verse 26 again. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. The Apostle Paul was an apostle that was never sitting down for more than five minutes. He was, he was always on the move, if you, if, you, if you know the book of Acts well. But the people that Paul met in the synagogue, in the marketplace, in the Areopagus, there in Athens, were not there by random chance. They were not there by accident. God had chosen before the creation of the world when they would be born and where they would live. And he's done that from... Time, as it were, from the beginning of creation right up until this very day. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. What does he say to Adam and Eve in, in Genesis? Be fruitful, increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. He gave the same commission to Noah in Genesis 9, but then a couple of chapters later on, Genesis chapter 11 Tower of Babel. And the rebellion is, in, in, in so, so, is not so much that they're trying to build a tower that builds up to heaven, but they want to build a place where they won't be scattered. We just want to call this home. We don't want to listen to God's plan to fill the earth and subdue it. Well, a little tower wasn't going to get in the way of God's plan to fill the earth. And we praise the Lord that we see that. We see the earth continuing to be filled now, up until this day. The people living there in Athens were there by God's sovereign plan and God's sovereign will. And wonderfully, God appointed them to be in Athens 2,000 years ago to have the wonderful privilege of being the first people in that city to hear the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful privilege. The Jews in the synagogue the philosophers in the Areopagus. 
Friends, because God is unchanging, God's plan to fill the earth has not changed either. Sustains 2023, we still see God's plan to fill the earth and subdue it. To map out where people will live. To appoint their times and their boundaries. Friends, the people that God has placed in your life on your street, in your families, in your offices, in your children's schools, are not here by random chance. They are here because God wants them to be here. But just take a moment maybe to think about the people that you don't know that well. Those people that you maybe noticed in the community. Again, they are not here by random chance. They're here because God has appointed their times in history and where they should live. Now we need to be careful that we don't paint a picture of God with chess pieces just moving them around a global board. Because God is much kinder than that, friends. God is much kinder. Why does he do this? Final M in verse 27. But let me read from verse 26 again. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. He marked out their appointed times in history, the boundaries of their lands. Why God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us. Here we see God's kindness that men, women, boys and girls that are made in his image may come into a relationship with him. That's been his plan from creation, to dwell with his people. That is his heart's desire. As Nick was sharing communion, as we looked around at each other, we are going to spend eternity with one another. But that's not the best thing. The best thing is that we will spend eternity with God. He will dwell with us. Paul is saying to those people in Athens, and he is saying to us today that God makes people, God moves people so that they may meet him. The people of Athens were described by Paul as a very religious bunch, but they were completely ignorant of who or what they were worshipping. They were, it's like they were playing blind man's buff, as it were, if you remember that game, going around to the altars with their eyes closed, worshipping to altars of unknown gods. Covering all the bases, thinking, oh, maybe if I offer, uh, yeah, offer a sacrifice or, or, or give an offering at this temple, then maybe God might hear me. Friends, Paul wanted the Athenians to know that God is knowable. He is knowable. That's because he is a creator God. He created all things. He doesn't take up residence in little altars and little temples built by human hands. But friends, he is willing to take up residence in people's hearts. That is God's desire. God makes, God moves so that we may meet him. Again, the Athenians, they were certainly a, a, a seeking bunch, weren't they? But in all the wrong places, all the wrong altars, all the wrong temples, all the wrong gods. Verse 
hunting for God with their eyes closed. Friends, at the age of 18 or 19, I was finding my, in one sense, my happiness, my satisfaction in the fastest motorbike and the most I could drink on a Friday night. That's where I was trying to find hope. I wonder where your friends may find hope, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in work, whether it's money, whether it's fame. Friends, we are worshippers. We are made to worship things. God says you can come and worship me. Paul says that God is knowable, but he is not far from any one of us. That's what he says at the end of verse 27. Creation is a massive pointer to the fact that God exists. Psalm 19 reminds us of that. Creation points us to God's. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 says exactly the same. God has given us the wonderful privilege of creation to say, I am here. I am here. But then Paul goes on in Romans 1 to say that even though God has made it abundantly clear that I am here, we have turned our backs on him. Naturally, you want nothing to do with him. As I said to my mum and dad when I was 14, I want nothing to do with Jesus. He just cramps my style. I do not want him in my life. Two Corinthians 4 reminds us that the God of this age, the devil, blinds the minds of unbelievers. And he loves it. Because then we worship other things. We do not worship God. Friends, as we come to draw to a close, we've remembered that a God who makes and that a God who moves so that we may meet him. And ultimately, friends, we see that in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, who left the glory of heaven, who moved from the wonder of heaven to earth so that we may meet him. The Lord Jesus Christ was not just interested in spending time with people that were like himself, because in one sense that would be impossible. But he chose to leave heaven. He chose to cross that boundary so that we may meet him. The Lord Jesus Christ reminds us that he is certainly not far from any one of us. Friends, God makes people, God moves people so that we may meet him. And what was the result of the first people that heard the gospel proclamation in Acts, in Athens, sorry? If you've got your Bibles there, just look at verse, end of the chapter, verse 32. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered. Friends, when you share the gospel, some people will laugh at you and throw it back in your face. You don't need me to tell you that. I'm sure you've experienced that. Some sneer at us. But others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. 
At that, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed, and among them Dionysus, a member of the Areopagus, also a woman named Damaris, a number of others. Again, this diverse group of people that heard the gospel were introduced to God who made them so that they may meet him. And friends, that was Paul 2,000 years ago, but we still have that wonderful privilege to share the gospel with those people that God has brought into your lives, into your local community. I was yeah, praying, the, praying this morning um, yeah, as I was reading um, yeah, Psalm 43, and the, the, the psalmist reflecting on, on how, how joyous it was he remembered when he went to the house of God's. Friends, there will be people that come to this country that will have never heard the gospel because it's not openly enabled to be to share the gospel in those cities, in those countries. Friends, they, God has moved those people to this city, to this country, maybe even to Staines, so that they may meet the Lord Jesus Christ here, not in their home country. Maybe people are arriving in Heathrow on planes this morning where Christianity is not the primary religion, where they've never heard the life-changing message of the gospel. Just like those people that Paul was speaking to in Athens. What a privilege, what a joy, what a responsibility it could be for you to share the gospel with someone for the very first time that they may meet the Lord Jesus, that they may come to know God personally, that he may take up residence in their hearts and in their lives. The gospel message that Paul proclaimed in Athens 2,000 years ago is the same gospel that we as a mission seek to proclaim, that we as, a, as an organisation are seeking to encourage churches to proclaim. And I'm here this morning in one sense to encourage you Keep sharing the gospel, friends. Keep sharing the gospel. But maybe broaden and widen your eyes, your horizons to who you could be sharing that with. As you leave this morning, maybe you're willing to think, who can I pray for for an opportunity to share the gospel with just this week? But I also want to, don't want to make an assumption that everyone here that is here this morning is someone who has put their confidence and their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And just one simple thing to say to you this morning, that you are not here by chance. It is not a random sort of, yeah, toss of a coin that you're here. God made you. God has moved you and brought you here so that you may reach out to him this morning. If that, is not, if that is you, if you're here this morning and you are yeah, seeking, maybe you've sought God in other places, maybe other religions or other, other things to bring you joy and satisfaction, but you know they don't work. If that's you here this morning, don't leave here this morning without asking the Lord Jesus Christ to reveal himself to you. If you're not sure how to do that, Come and speak to Nick. Come and speak to Kevin. Come and speak to me afterwards. We'd love to share with you more of this life-changing message. 
friends. Leave here this morning remembering M&Ms. God has made you. God has moved you to Staines. Wonderfully, many of you have met the Lord Jesus Christ. But think about the people that God has made. God has moved to Staines so that you could share with them, as Paul did in Athens, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that they may meet him and come to know life in his name. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the Apostle Paul who, who you led and you moved and that you shared the gospel. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for these people that we learn by name, Dionysus and Damaris. Heavenly Father, we look forward to meeting these people face to face one day. But Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the mission field that you have placed here on the doorstep of Staines Congregational. I thank you for each and every brother and sister in Christ that you have made, that you have moved to be here. I thank you that they have met you. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that this morning we leave here encouraged with a bigger understanding of the people that you have brought into our lives so that we may share Christ with them, that they may meet him and have life in his name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.